My name is Victor Kubik. Welcome to another episode of The Kubik Report. Today my guests are Dan Dininger and Dustin Reed of Helena, Montana. I've known Dan for many, many years. He is a pastor covering four small congregations in Montana. For 23 years prior to becoming a full-time pastor, Dan owned Innovative Solutions Group, a web consulting and publishing company. Dan is now working with Dustin Reed, who is our second guest. There's three of us on today, current owner of Innovative Solutions, to implement digital discipleship strategies in the state of Montana. One of the tools being tested and used is ChatGBT, introduced to Dan by Dustin, who has begun using it in other internet applications. Dan's group over the years has provided internet server support for many congregations in the early days of webcasting. My church that I was pastor of in Lafayette, Indiana, was one of the early adopters, and we had an audience around the country. At that time, that was a miracle to be able to speak from a podium and know that there were people who were connecting around the country. For years since that time, Dan has provided a server service with, uh, what, what did you call it, CBCA? Yeah, CGCA, Church of God Cyber Auxiliary. It was just to, to help the churches of God. And he provided that service, and many people around the world were just very, very delighted to be able to use his service, particularly people in South America. So anyway, welcome, Dan. Welcome, Dustin. Thank you, Vic. Glad to be here. Okay, well, we're very glad that you took the time this afternoon for us to talk. But today, we want to talk about a phenomenon that is taking place right now as we speak. It's a subject that has come upon us very, very quickly, and I wanted to do a podcast before too many hours or days went by, because the technology is changing literally day by day. Chat GBT. And the first I had heard of it was in a little seven-minute video by Jordan Peterson, where he talked about his use for the first time of Chat GBT. He said that this technology is going to take over the world. In six months, it'll be a different world. Colleges will be different. Learning will be different. Writing will be different. Everything will change. Jordan Peterson has written a book with 12 chapters, and he asked ChatGBT to write a 13th chapter in his style, and it went ahead and wrote it in three minutes. I mean, some miraculous things have, <laughs> have, have occurred. So now, I didn't really know exactly how to access it. I've seen apps on the phone dealing with ChatGBT and some of them wanted 20 bucks, you know, a month, whatever. And I just thought, well, I'm just don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know how it works. And just last Saturday night, we had guests over to our home. He said, hey, let me show you a website here that that you can start playing with it. And boy, did we have fun. <laughs> we, we, we created one thing after another. I'd like to, first of all, have Dan kind of explain as this podcast is developing, which began just a few hours ago as we discussed the possibility of it. Uh, Dan, where are you at with ChatGBT? Well, thanks, Vic. Uh, it was introduced to me by Dustin. We're working on revising our, our local website to do a little bit more uh, emphasis on digital discipleship. And so I was providing some information to Dustin for the website. And generally, when building a website, one of the big challenges we've always had is getting content. Uh, I needed a summary for the, the Bible studies I was doing. I'd provided my notes, the links, and things like that, but I had not gotten a summary to Dustin. And so the next thing you know, I was, I was looking at the page, and he'd already had a summary up there. And so I asked him how he did it, and he 
told me he'd used chat GBT. And I was, I was amazed. How he did it, he couldn't explain that to you, but it was, it turned out we were able to get some content up there that was, was very accurate. It, it loaded well, and it saved me the time of, of having to sit down and write it myself. Well, how did you do it, uh, Dustin? I basically just asked um, ChatGPT to write a summary of the verses that we were working on. That was it? Yep, that's all it needs. <laughs> hey, you guys, I want to tell you something that I did just as we started this podcast, just before we went on the air. I asked ChatGBT the following. Please write 200 words. Dan and Dustin are early adopters of ChatGBT. It enhances what they already do. Dan is a pastor who oversees four congregations and previously owned an internet business in Helena, Montana. Dustin has taken over this business right in casual tone. And here's what it came back with. Hey there, let me introduce you to Dan and Dustin, two early adopters of ChatGBT who are doing some amazing things with this technology. Dan is a pastor who oversees four <laughs> congregations and previously owned an internet business in Helena, Montana. He's been using ChatGBT to enhance his communication with his congregations and streamline his business operation. Well, maybe not quite yet. With ChatGBT, he's able to respond <laughs> to messages and inquiries quickly and efficiently freeing up more time to focus on the needs of his congregation. Dan is excited about how ChatGBT has helped him become more efficient and effective in his role as pastor. Dustin has taken over Dan's internet business and has continued to use ChatGBT to improve the business operations. With ChatGBT, Dustin can quickly respond to customer inquiries, analyze customer data, allowing him to make informed decisions about the direction of his business. He's thrilled with how ChatGBT has helped him to take the business to the next level. Overall, Dan and Dustin are huge fans of ChatGBT and believe that it's an invaluable tool for anyone looking to improve their communication and business operations. If you're looking to enhance your own operations, they highly recommend giving ChatGBT a try. So what do you think of that? <laughs> it's, it embellishes it a little bit and uh, has a little bit of a sales pitch for ChatGBT, but it's pretty accurate. There's a few things you know we're, I'm not doing with it yet, but it's... Uh, it's definitely accurate that it's, it's helped me in saving me time. What? Dustin, what do you think? Yeah, it sounded good. I think the um, the sales pitchy part was based on the, the tone he asked for. Mm -hmm. Right in casual tone. I had asked a previous one to do it in a commanding tone, and it came back in all caps. So you have to tell it exactly, <laughs> exactly what you want. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is you have to be specific as to what you want, and it'll, it'll do it. And so you you learn to input as accurately as you can with not too many words, otherwise it kind of goes off of the rails. Uh, the kinds of things that you want included in the output. So uh, I know that uh, as this thing has come out and it's spreading like wildfire because people are immediately seeing how this could be used for them. You don't have to write essays, you don't have to write articles, you just tell ChatGBT to do it. Uh, what do you think some of the implications uh, of this could be, Dan? The, uh, the one of the things I've read about the concern is that people the, and students especially will use it to um, write things for them and not do it themselves. And so I think there's there's that concern. I've also read that some people are concerned that it will actually write malware software programs. So there's some malicious applications that it could be used for. I think people are concerned about that. I, I think benefits though is the time savings factor that that I see it offering is 
just generating something that even if I need to go edit it, it's a lot it's a lot easier to edit something that exists than to start with a blank piece of paper and try to figure it out. So from that perspective, I you know, it's easy to go in to what chat GBT generates and, and maybe scratch a few lines or write it in a way that makes more sense or is more accurate. But it certainly uh, would save some time in that process. So I see that as a benefit that I can use it for and what we're trying to do. What do you say, Dustin, to this? Um, I agree with a lot of what Dan said. Um, I think a lot of people are just using it to automate their, their complete processes rather than you know putting any of their own work into it. There's a lot of... Um, AI detectors and things out there. And if, if you run the, the content that ChatGPT produces, it, it never passes those. Mm-hmm. So like for my business, I use it for um, blog articles and things, mm-hmm. but I rewrite a lot of it into my own words so that it passes because you, you don't want Google to, to know that you're using AI or they'll penalize you. Is that right? Will they, will they penalize you? Yep. For your rankings, they will. Oh, okay. Just in the last couple of months, they came out with two new algorithm updates that were both geared towards preventing AI content. So if authors think that they can produce a lot of content and sit back as their articles appear in magazines or online publications, they will be penalized. Yeah, as far as their search engine rankings, they'll they'll be penalized if, if Google knows that they're using AI for all of their content. Well, I have written blogs. My, my biggest problem is looking at a blank screen and knowing that there's a deadline 24 yep. or 48 hours away, and I panic, and I start throwing things on the page, and I go through a forming and storming process. But I found that by getting some of these things down, like even this little short article here about the two of you gentlemen, I find there's enough there there that I could you know work that in. There's insight that it gave me into even how to put it and how to arrange it. And I can see it being a big, big benefit. Now, there's also one thing, too, that's that's been stated, that as uh, young people start using this, there'll be no need for them to train their brains, you know, to uh, think logically or, or to think critically because they've got AI that'll do it for them. So they won't even know what's, what's right or what, what's wrong. And uh, that is a big concern. Kind of reminds me a little bit when calculators first came out. You know, we yeah. we were in school and we had to learn to multiply, divide, and do these things with our head. And all of a sudden, you've got a calculator here that I remember when the first ones came out. And I know <laughs> that when I traveled in, in Russia in those days, that calculators were forbidden in the schools because they wanted their kids to strengthen their thinking skills. So I think that that's something of a great concern as to how the mind of children especially develops. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the the way you describe using it, the way I'm using it, you could give a classroom the same chat uh, DBT document and have them each edit that, and they would exercise some critical thinking and how to modify it to make it better than what it is or make it there. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to... You know, once the the box has been opened to put it, you know, put it back in, it's a matter of how do you learn to use it in, in the right way and use it as a profitable tool. But I think sometimes people might be a little bit too too quickly paranoid about it. But it's it's a matter of training people and learning how to use it. I think there's there's probably ways to overcome some of those obstacles. Well, I know that any learning experience 
lowest levels that was first learning computer programming. It's all basic. It was all very manual. And, and, and then that was taken away. And, and people thought that their, their brains would go lame. But they haven't. They've actually advanced. People think differently and as the resources are, are made available to them. Great inventions are made without having to learn to make fire with two sticks. There's uh, some companies, too, that have uh, forbidden their employees to use chat GPT. Uh, that's just come out this week. I mean, what's t today is uh, Thursday and early this week. I believe Wall Street Journal and Morgan Stanley, I saw an article here, have ask their employees not to use AI in their communications because some of the factors that we have here. So there will be a lot of legislation, I'm sure, coming out in its use, and most likely things will moderate. I think uh, just to add some credence to what Dustin was saying, a lot of his business has evolved to doing a lot of search engine marketing. And so it's interesting that uh, companies like Google are trying to detect AI. And I, I think that will be uh, an incentive for people to continue to use it in a proper way because they do not want to be penalized. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate what Dustin was saying about that because certainly when we're trying to use it as as an aspect of digital discipleship or how to be more efficient, we don't want to do something that we think is is going to help us and then turn around is in reality is a detriment. So knowing you know, how it works and when we can use it in the future, I think is going to be important as we consider, you know, what role does it play? You know, it's, it's another tool in the toolbox, but it certainly is not the only one. It's just, it's just a tool that we have to use. Some of the things that have made AI chat GPT possible is speed and as much memory as we do. I, I went um, about five years ago to a museum of computers in uh, Silicon Valley. It was really an amazing museum, you know, where they started with the Apple II and, you know, Commodore computers, and it showed the supercomputers of today. But it shows the advancement of memory. It's almost off, off the top. I mean, it was a line straight up, but there is no end. There, there is just uh, no, no ceiling as to the amount of resources and speed and, and memory that you have uh, to be able to do the things that you do. I remember when I got my first computer, you know, it has 64K of RAM, you know, and I thought, oh, maybe someday I'll be able to get 128K so I could run Lotus 1, 2, 3. No, I needed 192K of that. And even Bill Gates said that when we get up to 640K, why would anybody want any more than that? I mean, you know, the limited way that we looked at things. And I'm just wondering just where all this is going uh, with even the great advancements technologically that we have. And, and also... Another factor is, is that when something wonderful and scientific happens like this, and I'm a person who just really just revels in the ability of man's mind to invent things, that the evil side will take over, and evil people will use it to control and to promulgate evil, and uh, people are concerned about uh, deception, you know. Will there be a, a mindset? You talk about malware. Well, it could be malware for the mind as well, and certain ideas be promoted above others. Yeah, Dustin, you might have a thought on that. How it, you know, trying to control the marketplace. You're saying that Google's going to try to stop that. But is that a potential? Is that what they're worried about? Yeah, they're they're basically they're afraid that people are going to use it to manipulate the search engine rankings, and which is would drastically affect their ad revenue. So when I I read an article saying that when ChatGPT first came out, we threw up a red flag 
with their whole their whole company. And also, there may be a battle of uh, databases. You know, Bing just came out with a new you know search engine, totally new. It's kind of a combination chat chat thing as well. Bing uses ChatGPT. Oh, okay. And they they invested ten billion dollars in that. <laughs> wow. Well, if you invest ten billion dollars, you, you have something <laughs> on your mind. Well, Google's actually coming out with their own version of it anytime now. It's called Bart. So Bart and Bing. Yeah, well, aren't you are you saying that this could then be used to manipulate what people see and what? They, they make their decisions on based on what's being shown them by, by chat GPT and their results. Is, is that is that the concern? Or it seems like that's a potential concern of shaping public opinion or having a certain perspective that's programmed into the system that that becomes a challenge as far as what everyone begins to think based on the results they're seeing or what they're not. Well, I think that's already there, Dan. I mean, there's been shadow banning uh, of of uh, keywords in Google, right? And that's what I'm. That's what I'm leading, or that's my perspective. Or what I was asking is that that could exacerbate that process using this AI. That it could accelerate that and, uh, and just extend that further. Well, any wonderful invention that's been an absolute miracle, whether it be flight or television, has been used to manipulate. Has been used to hurt. It has been used for warfare. So uh, no doubt this will probably fall in the same way. It, it's certainly, uh, we're seeing in our lifetime the prophecy that Daniel wrote about, about knowledge increasing and how much knowledge is increased and how to manage that knowledge is what we're dealing with. How, how There's so much out there. How do we access it? How do we get what's pertinent? It's a discussion that, you know, 100 years ago, people would not have comprehended being even a, even even discussing the potential. It's amazing the knowledge we have and how to use it, how to get to it. Probably have that continual challenge as we go forward. Like I said, this thing is so new. That's why I want to do this podcast today because if we did this in two weeks, there's going to be a whole different spin on it. I mean, it's big in the news, <laughs> big in the news. You know, every day I am just amazed as to how how much is is out there on that. I'm sure that people will be looking to see how they can use it, you know, le legitimately, as you're talking about, to talk about how to do things more efficiently, uh, how to be able to do things. I know that the little that I have used it for the few memos that I have written, and I have gotten some nice letters from people and I want to respond to them. And he here's what I've done. I'll just tell you what how, how I've used it. And I think this is totally legitimate, but they have written and they had commented about certain things, you know, in their family and sickness and that type of thing. And so I write the first paragraph and also I um, write the final paragraph and, and then I write, put in things there about what we're doing, what Bev and I are doing and, and comment about them, you know. And I'm just amazed as to how beautifully chat can fill in. I can cross a few words out and in for about in a fourth of the time, I'm able to, to write a letter. And, and I think that's, that's healthy. I have no problem with that. I think everyone has a lack of, you know, most people have a lack of time. So finding ways to be able to get more done and still be responsive to people is important. Mm -hmm. Well, two is yeah. that I don't have a staff of people. It's just me <laughs> that does stuff. And so it's everything from creating the content to printing it, to disseminating it. And even like the podcast that I do, I just love doing this podcast. And then, you know, when we're through, I'll uh, get it on two tracks, and look forward to doing it. Right. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do by going into more digital discipleship, Vic, is trying to use 
the internet more to build those relationships. And certainly there's a lot of things to do you know, as far as, you know, summaries of, of sermons or Bible studies and getting things out there and still having to respond to, to brethren and letters and things that come in and phone calls. So I think, you know, you're not alone. I think everyone, how to use these tools is, is uh, something we need to learn how to do. And hopefully it allow us to be more effective in proclaiming the gospel. At least that's certainly my hope. I appreciated the fact that Dustin used it. It, was, it saved me having to write the summary. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was uncanny, but it was, it's, it's a great tool. And we, I appreciate Dustin introducing me to it. And uh, we'll be seeing how we can use it more in the future. Well, you, we talked this morning, uh, Dan, about how you want to engage the people more in your areas which you work and you live in. You know, very widely scattered, low population density areas, and how you can engage people more. And uh, perhaps this, we were not talking about GPT, we were just talking about uh, engagement and building relationships. Right. And I think that an innovative, right. innovative person can see how this can make that happen. Right, I do too. And it's, it's a different mindset. And I think part of that's come out of the pandemic is that now people are more embracing of digital relationships and because they've been forced into it. Some people want to go back to how it was before the pandemic, but a lot of the research I'm, show, I'm, I'm seeing shows that people don't want to go back and that you can build relationships and a lot of it begins digitally. Mm -hmm. And so if you can put that information out there, that might be the starting point for a discussion and even though it might start in the digital environment, it will end up that they will have physical contact and physical discussions. And so you need to learn how to use both and, and embrace that as well. So it's a different mindset that we're dealing with. And chat GPT is just a, a part of that. I don't know how we'll end up using it. You know, this is just the first the first taste, our first, you know, we're just like, putting our toe in the water, so to speak. But certainly, you know, it's our, our goal is not just to use chat GPT for the sake of chat GPT. Our, our goal is to help build relationships with people and show them, you know, what the way God wants us to live and how they can have better lives as a result of it. And a lot of that's based on, on building relationships. And that's all about so, values that are unchanging. We're talking about using a very highly changing technology to produce something which is very, very stable and constant because morality does not change. Uh, these types of, this type of thinking is not something that's flexible. And uh, it's a matter of taking the latest and greatest of technology and to be able to produce something that people will re relate to or, or use so that they could relate to God and to one another. Right, well said. It's an interesting world we live in. It's interesting that in Acts 2, it says that God added to the church daily. And, uh, and so it wasn't just that says that they were meeting. They were evidently meeting on a daily basis, and he was adding to the church daily. And so now with modern technology, we have the, the ways to engage with people on a daily basis, just like you are with your blog, with your, your website, and how the church's website is doing that. And certainly in our website, we're linking off to the articles and all the, the rich, the, the depth of information we have on the, the UCG site, but trying to incorporate that and how to use it to help other people is uh, it's sort of stretching my mind on how to do that but how to be more effective in covering a large territory like Montana. It'd be interesting. 
how it works out. And finding people who are you know, diverse in things that they're interested in to find a way to feed them, to provide for them the type of thing that they'd be interested in. I know when I was still working on our website, we were trying to find ways to, when people would ask about a particular kind of question, whether it was about family relations or whether it was about prophecy or whether it was about, you know, any, any other phenomena, addictions, whatever, that we would be ready to provide information because there's so much technology available to be able to curate these types of things to make that available for them. And I just feel like with ChatGBT as just one more tool that a mind that really thinks these things through or thinks them critically or strategically can be able to make their organization, their church, you know, their, their cell uh, be able to be effective. So it's exciting. It's exciting times. And I, I appreciate Dustin doing what he's doing. It's, you know, we don't we don't have a lot of experience yet. We're just starting to learn how to use it. But I think you have a bigger you have a big I have a bigger purpose in mind. It's it's a tool to use to accomplish that goal. And I'm I'm like you, Vic. I have a large territory to cover, and I'm all by myself. So using it, trying to be efficient, and using this technology, it's a challenge. I'm trying to learn how to use it, harness it, and put it to use to uh, for that direction. It, it's uh, reinvigorated me and. Uh, I'm excited about it. I think the time is right that we can hopefully, you know, the, the cyber fields, as we, as I referred to them once, are still white for harvest, and God's given us more tools we can use to, uh, even though we're a small group, a small body, to, to proclaim His, His Word and, and share it with, with mankind. We'll, we will continue to move forward as we're able. I know that when I began my ministry, in fact, I went to Ambassador College a long time ago, we had no internet. We, we had nothing. We had none of these tools at all. And now we have, you know, so much. So maybe to whom much is given, much is required. We'll have to evaluate that. I was going to say thanks for this opportunity to chat with you about it, Vic. It's been, uh, it's been insightful, and uh, we appreciate this opportunity. I appreciate how Dustin's been helping me work on the site, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to put these, these tools to, to use in, in accomplishing the commission God's given us. We thank you, our listeners, for joining us here today for the Cubic Report. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please share it and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Podbean, which includes information about this podcast, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, Pocketcaster, and other podcasting platforms. You can easily find us on any browser address bar by simply typing in the words, The Cubic Report, and there we are. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your impressions and suggestions. So write to us at vcubic at gmail.com, v-k-u-b-i-k at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.